Lord, to praise your name. You are God of this city. You are God of this nation. Lord, help us as a church to reach out. We praise you. You are God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation.
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This day has arrived, and God is moving all over this church, in the Sunday school classes, in the hallway. I lost my purse. Somebody found my purse and turned it in. And we had the most wonderful Sunday school class. Uh, Brother uh, R.J. Hicks spoke to us about fear not. God said, I have not given you a spirit of fear. And, you know, I've been praying all morning, God, Put a hedge about Pastor Ray. Don't let him have a bit of worry on him. Lift him up to know that he is walking in obedience to what God told him to do about changing these services. It doesn't matter if you didn't get to park the same place you always did and all that. We'll work on helping you. And I want, God, I want you to know that we have a wonderful pastor. Don't you love Pastor Ray Phillips? Thank God for him. He would rather do, be obedient to God than anything there is. Because he knows it's obedience to God that's going to bring your help in the salvation of souls. And I just thank God all morning. It's been a supernatural walk for me to run through this church and try to figure out where I was going and what I was doing. I was so excited. I could hear the singing in here and the praying. I just thought, oh, God, you're just right in the middle of everything today. And people were so happy and so pleased. And I thank God for a pastor that loves to be obedient to God. Don't you? That is the greatest secret in your life is when you hear his voice and you speak, and Pastor Richard, too. 
and then you walk in obedience. Thank you for being here today. And uh, we are reading the Bible through. Remember, he encouraged us last week. And if you're reading three chapters a day, how many of you are thinking about reading the Bible through this year? Let me see. If you're just thinking about it now, I don't want to know if you're doing it or not. I just I want to take account to see how many of you would like to read the Bible through this year with the help of God. See, we can do it if we want to. But we, we know that if we do it, we are the winners. We will be so much stronger in the Lord. So we should be about Genesis 22, chapter 22 for today. And, and then just go on and read three chapters a day or read as many as you want to. Just go on through. Virgil used to race through the Bible and he'd say, where are you? I said, well, I'm in Psalms. He said, no, I'm way over in uh, Malachi or somewhere. He always prided in the fact he was ahead of me. It's because he didn't work like I did. He was more relaxed and he would read more. But reading the Word of God will make us stronger Christians, and that's what the pastor wants. Now, I need to remind you tonight at 5 o'clock, say 5 o'clock, you're going to come for our communion service. Our family, you're to bring your family. And if you have neighbors or somebody that's going to be at your house or friends, bring them. If If they're not a Christian, they can watch. They can come with you and see this and stand with you. And we're going to gather up in the front and, and our, with our families and have communion. And uh, then you're free to leave if you want to go home. And so if you need to come at 5, it's going to be over about 7.30. So if you come later than that, we'll probably be gone. <laughs> but not in the rapture probably. It'll all be probably, but we'll just be going home. So let's look forward to that. And then all the week you read your bulletin. If you don't read the bulletin, you are missing it. Everything you need to know about this church almost is in that bulletin. I love the Church of God bulletin at Stratford Heights. It's got the best writers, the best artists, everybody. And they know how to make a bulletin. I keep them and stack them up. And then I say, let's get rid of those bulletins. You can't take them to heaven. And I feel so close to them because that's where our hearts are in those bulletins that tell us what we're doing in the work of the Lord. Now, we want to welcome all of you that are new, that are here. Maybe this is your first time. Welcome to Stratford Heights. We love you. We want you to worship the Lord and feel at home. And we're going to get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another. Find someone you don't know and say, did you come to early service or did you change? Just talk to them about what's going on. And and get out and shake hands and tell somebody that you love them. Praise the Lord. I just want to stay. In Jesus' name, I just want to stay. Your word proclaimed, no matter what comes my way, no matter what people say, I just want to stay. Well, let's sing it again now. I just want to stay. In Jesus' name. Oh, 
Hello. <laughs> Me and Sister Roberson were having a conversation. Y'all can just join in. <laughs> it's good to see you today. My goodness, you look great. And then they came in my office and they blessed me. They said, Pastor, we had 306 in the first service. Isn't that great? I was like, really? Awesome. I mean, I was expecting, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. But I'm so thankful. And I want to tell you, the Lord moved. A message was given out that talked right to that service. And the Lord moved on the message. I didn't even preach the message that I had prepared. Everything, just the Holy Spirit was here. I asked him. I was praying real early this morning. I said, Lord, what I want, what I need, is I just need to know that you are in this. And I'm telling you from the moment we got here, the Holy Spirit has been unreal. And he is going to be there here in this service as well. You know what we're doing? I love what Cameron said. Cameron said in the first service, he said, what we're doing is we're making room for lost folks. We're making room for more folks to come to know the beautiful message of Jesus Christ and the gospel message. We're making room for more folks to come and be a part of our church family. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, say, you're looking as good as you've looked all day. I saved you there. You didn't have to tell him you saw him yesterday. You just, uh, you know, just looking as good as you've looked all day today. It is so good to see you today. And what a, what a grand and historical day for us. And it worked. And we're so happy. And I, I know there's some glitches. One of the glitches is we had a big power outage yesterday. And apparently it's taken some of our equipment out in the media room. And so we will not be able to uh, live stream this service. So that cuts out several people from all around the world, a couple hundred people actually that watch us online every Sunday. So we, uh, we're gonna pray a special prayer for them today that they won't get discouraged and that God will bless them wherever they are. But we, uh, we're thankful for what God's doing here. In this service, we wanna pray a special prayer for Brother Charles Warren. Brother Warren is in, is in the hospital in Cincinnati. He went through quadruple bypass surgery this week and uh, he is uh, doing well the surgery went well but he's just having some complications and so we want to pray a good and quick recovery for him and that God will just get right down in the middle of where he is today amen how many of you would say pastor I have a need in my family we have a situation where we my goodness all over the house I believe God answers prayer I said I believe God answers prayer If you stumbled into our service this morning, you better hang on to your hat. Because we love the Lord and we believe that He is a God who hears us, that He loves us, 
and that he is a mighty God to perform mighty, wonderful miracles. I'm believing right now for the Lord to touch you in the situation you're dealing with. We're going to turn this whole room right now into a, a, a prayer chapel. And we are going to absolutely, from where you're standing, I want us to do what the scripture says. Now we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And we can come to our master knowing that he welcomes us in. We're going to pray not only for your needs, but we always take a few moments in our service to recognize and to stop and pray Trent, for Israel. We stand with Israel. I'll say it one more time. We stand with Israel. I pray for us. I pray for the world. I pray for everyone. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm praying a special prayer for God's people in Israel, for his hand on them, especially in these last days. How many of you know the Bible talks about where we're at right now? And as never before, we need to be in prayer, not only for Israel, but for the United States of America. We need prayer, and we always pray for our country as well. So as we pray for these needs, let's remember uh, our brothers and sisters around the world. Let's remember these special prayer uh, targets that we go for every Sunday. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we ask you to touch and minister to Brother Warren. We're praying as his church family, Lord, that you would strengthen him, touch him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Let him feel the power of Almighty God who is able to heal. Lord, we know that when you came up off uh, that cross, and Lord, you were raised from the dead. You came forward. Some of the stripes you took on your back was for the healing of the nations. We ask you to minister now and to touch him. Minister healing and strength to him today. Every complication, Lord, we just lay it before you and ask your work to be done. And we thank you for it. And God, every hand that was lifted up, we bring every need, every circumstance, every detail is known by you. We ask you to minister to your people. Touch families, touch sisters we're praying for, for our brothers, our husbands and wives. Pray for the needs, our lost loved ones. We pray for all of these situations. Lord, let your healing, let your mighty power, your provision, let your guidance be ours in the name of Jesus Christ forever. And Lord, we stop right now in the middle of this service to pray for Israel. Your word declares that we're blessed if we seek the blessing and the good of Israel. So, Lord, we're praying for her. We're praying her borders are protected, though enemies on, on, are on all sides of her. And, Lord, the world would attack her if they were given the freedom. But, God, you have stayed their hand. We believe that the power of the angels of God, that you have directed and given them authority to stand guard. We believe they're standing guard today. And we pray over the good and the peace of Jerusalem and ask your work to be accomplished and done. And, Lord, will not fail to lift up our country to you. I pray with the turmoil and the, the attacks, and the things that's happening, the violence on our streets. God, as never before, we're seeing that these are indeed the end times, the perilous times your word talks about. We pray over this, this country, our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our government. We pray, God, that you will minister to the churches in America, that there'll be a revival such as we've never seen before. We're believing, God, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and thank you that you hear us when we come to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone together said amen. Amen. Put your hands together and give praise to the Lord. The Bible says, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. When you clap, you're not just clapping, you're giving praise to the Lord. Amen. Praise God.
Amen. You can be seated. We're in a church-wide campaign right now. It's called Marching Forward. We are determined in 2017 to do whatever we can to position ourselves for the work of God and the power of God in this community. We believe in the kingdom of God, and we believe his work is being done, and we are part of that work, and we want to do everything we can to get ourselves out of the way. How many of you know it's time to crucify flesh as never before? It's time to get old self out of the way. It's time to surrender ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way we'll ever be victorious and we'll be the right tool in the hand of God. We believe that's going to happen through several different ways. We've got four basic, simple principles that we're going to follow, Sister Ruth. We're going to follow this over this month and hopefully we'll just continue from there and not stop at all. But we are focusing on the Word of God. Liz mentioned it. I, I, I kind of turned around and looked at the congregation when she said, how many of you are thinking about it? I, I'm like, they ain't thinking about it. We're going to do this. How many of you know thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path? It's a light. It's a strength. It's your roadmap. It's the way to get there. You'd never, you'd never get on the road and try to go to some remote place somewhere that you didn't know exactly where it was if you wasn't trusted in your GPS. The Bible is your GPS. It's your roadmap. And we believe that we ought to know it. Meditate on it, the Bible says. It's fatness to your bones. It's marrow. It's good strength for you and I. You need to have the Word of God in you. We're calling it Mission 365. 365 days we're going to read the Bible together. Now, you may have a different plan. You may not read just a couple of chapters or three chapters in Genesis. Or you may not start with just three chapters. Maybe you're reading one of those one-year plans in the Version Bible. Maybe you're reading another plan that you found. Whatever it is you're doing, just find a way to do it. I always choose a different Bible every year that I want to try to read through. Um, you know, something good. You know, I'm not just reading any Bible. But uh, I'm reading a good Bible, one that I wanted to choose. And so we do that, and, and I just try to find different ways to just learn as much as I can the Word of God. And it's important that we do that. That's Mission 365. We're also fasting over the next 21 days. We want you to, the, Janelle had put on Facebook some, some suggestions out of Jensen Franklin's church for fasting and how that works. There were different fasts in the Bible. There are three-day fasts. There's uh, sun-up to sundown fast. There's all kinds of different fasts, 10 days, 14 days, 21 days. There's all kinds of different fasts the Bible talks about. Over the next 21 days, however, you obey and follow God in fasting. But I do want to make something clear. Whatever you do on the side with that, I mean, if you want to give up Facebook, that's awesome. I love it when people give up Facebook. Because to be honest, I'm almost at a place where I'm ready to cut that thing right off. If some of you weren't on it and I had to keep up with your shenanigans, I wouldn't even be on it at all. I'm just kidding. But I, I, I don't know. I'll tell you, can, why, can I just say this? Be careful on Facebook. Be only, you know, only about 25% of you clapped on that. You need, how many of you know you need to think before you click? I like that. Say, I like that phrase. Think before you click. I'm telling you what, it can be an encourager. It can be a ministry. It can be a good thing. But it can also rip people apart and tear them limb by limb. And you need to be careful. And that's all I'll say. Just forget it. Just say amen. amen. Fasting. However you fast, remember that fasting, according to the teachings of the Word of God, is food. 
It's pushing that plate away, making a sacrifice, and putting yourself in a place where you are hungry for God. And hungry and king's stomach is not in the way. It's a, it's a self-denying thing. It's good to give up Coke, and it's good to give up Facebook or social media, Twitter. It's good to give up television. It's good to give up all those things. Do that alongside of it, but just remember that I believe the fast the Bible's talking about is a fast of food. And when we do that before God, he hears us and he honors us. It positions us. How many of you know fasting doesn't get God's attention? It gets our attention. We hear God clearer. We're put in a place where we can be used and he can touch our lives. So fasting the next 21 days and then the word of God and then prayer. We're going to be seeking ways finding many different ways to pray together. We're going to be some Sunday nights. We're going to be calling in a solemn assembly of prayer where you just come to the house of God and pray. We want you to, to encourage you. Esperanza comes on Sunday mornings an hour before service, the first service, and they pray. I'm encouraging all of us. That's not just their ministry of prayer. They invite you to pray to the same God, and they would love for you to be here and to pray alongside of them as they come together to pray for the day and for the services. We want to pray as many places as we can. We're going to find a thousand ways to pray together. And we want God to, I, I had occasion to minister with Jensen Franklin, several, not Jensen Franklin, with Loran Livingston several years ago. And he told me, he, I said, what's the key to 8,000 people in your church? And he said, I'll tell you what it is. He says, you teach them to pray. So you just teach your people to pray and you'll build you a church telling you coming from a man I respect and is very successful in ministry when I say successful I mean he's bringing people into the kingdom that's success to me seeing the lost come to Christ and be discipled that's the kingdom and when we truly understand the way that God works in that it's a beautiful thing pray and then lastly we're going to serve four things the word fasting prayer and serving are you serving somewhere in our church? Have you found a place where you can minister and give out? I'm telling you, the Bible talks about our cup runneth over. Well, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? If all we do is receive, if all we are is takers, and we're not givers, then, then what good is it doing inside of us? What is the exchange for the way that God has transformed and touched our soul? We want to serve. We kind of have a little motto around here. It's called attend one, serve one. Heard it from others and loved it years ago. Attend one, serve one. You need to be receiving, so you want to attend a service, and then you want to serve in one of the services. Find a way to serve, whether that's the youth ministry, whether it's through the music program, it's uh, children's ministry and, and nursery, senior adult ministry, or if you want to serve in greeting and welcoming and the parking lot and ushering however there is a place for you we want everyone to find a place and if you have found it difficult to get in we're fixing that too had a discussion this week with our staff about not wanting it to be hard for people to find a way to get involved so we're going to find as many beautiful easy ways for you to be involved as we possibly can so we're ready for 2017 are you oh, about half of you good good we're ready. One of the ways that we're going to be kicking off 2017 is with more ways to be healthy in our church. 
I'm preaching a message today entitled Healthy Things Grow. Being healthy is what it's all about. It's not about numbers. It's not about seeking to pack a pew. We used to do that back in the day. We gave a Pac-Man away called Pack-A-Pew Sunday. Oh, do we, do we still play Pac-Man? <laughs> Who knows what Pac-Man even is? Okay, good, good. But those days, you know, we're not, we're not about trying to pack a pew. It's about trying to build healthy men and women before the Lord spiritually. And as we build health in our spirits, then healthy things automatically grow. Can you say amen? One of the ways that we're wanting to do that in all the balance of working with infants and toddlers and children and then teens and adults and college and young adults and senior adults, one of the ways that we want to minister this year is we want to turn our attention and our focus on ministry to married couples. How many of you know the marriage, marriage institution of marriage is a gift and it is a design by God himself. God has put man and wife together as husband and wife. And we, I, we see as never before the attack that's on the world, but how many of you know it's on the church as well? Find many times couples in church struggle to keep their marriages vibrant and alive. And we want to do what we can, not only through prayer, not only through preaching. And we, every year we focus in February on Marriage Sunday. And we have, uh, I preach messages and we gather our couples together and encourage them. But this year we're starting something that we have not had up to this point. And I'm so excited to tell you about it. We are starting a brand new ministry to married couples. This is Dr. Marvin and Betty Ray. They've been part of our church for quite a while. And uh, they're precious, wonderful people, have a great burden. God had already been working in their hearts, and they have agreed, after much prayer and discussion, that they want to take on the ministry of married couples in our church. They're going, amen, amen. I believe in the world of politics, they call that, you just won the popular vote. <laughs> they're precious folks. They're going to be sharing with you, uh, Brother Marvin is going to come and, and share with you a few things about what they're planning, how this is coming to be, and what God's going to be doing with it. We're looking to do everything we can to build the home, to build marriages, and to bring you together. And some of the struggles that you share, you'll be able to help with others. And then we've got some mentoring couples and some people that are going to be working with them. So I want him to come and share with you about the new ministry, and then you'll be ready to, to launch with us today. Again, as the uh, pastor said, uh, I'm Dr. Marvin Ray, and this is my beautiful wife, Betty. Uh, we've been married for over 27 wonderful years, and we've had the privilege, privilege of living in Middletown for over 18 years and attending here for the uh, past five years. July the 27th, 1985, the date of my salvation. May 7th, 1988, our I Love You anniversary. July 7th, 1989, our wedding anniversary. And June the 5th, 2016, the date of our eldest daughter's uh, wedding. These are important dates in our lives. And no, they did not occur at Hera Arena. <laughs> in addition to these dates, we have seen a multitude of significant anniversaries over the past year, including the 100th anniversary of Stratford Heights. Dr. Howard Hendricks once said, there are three reasons that marriages fail. One, inadequate teaching. 
Number two, unrealistic expectations, expecting a marriage to do only what God can do. And three, inadequate preparation. We hope to address and potentially eliminate these reasons. The mission statement for this ministry is to impact the health of marriages in our congregation and surrounding communities by nurturing this God-ordained institution to effectively develop godly marriages by defending it as a sacred covenant designed by God to model the love of Christ for his people. Over the past few days, a multitude of individuals have formulated re resolutions, but we would like for those of us who are married to skip the yearly resolution regarding marriage and to reinforce our lifetime commitment. We recently read something one of our good friends, Father, had written to him, and we believe it applies to marriages and this ministry. The statement read like this, anything worth doing is worth doing right. And we believe this applies to marriages. If you're next to your spouse, spouse, uh, then turn to, and face them. The person you are facing now is the spouse God has for you. The primary goal of this ministry is for you to be the spouse God has intended you to be. Unless Christ is the center of our marriages, then we do not have the proper understanding of God's intent for marriage and the family. The best way to a better marriage is to become a better spouse. We want to be very intentional about our marriages. The initial focus of this ministry will be on individuals with marriages of approximately 10 years or less. When couples settle down, we don't want them to settle for average. The ultimate vision for this ministry is to impact all marriages. We do not want marriages to survive. We want them to thrive. Hence, the name of the ministry. At least once a year, we plan on having a conference or seminar available to our congregation and community. A mentoring program will be implemented and available. Each couple will have the opportunity to pair with a couple who, is, who has successfully navigated the journey of marriage. Every member of the ministry team has been married for over 25 years and bring their wealth of marital experience. Their hindsight can become your foresight. At this time, we, we, we would like for the Thrive Ministry team and sounding board to stand. Robin Janelle Dooley, Lawton and Connie Chapman, Josh and Cindy Atkins, Marty and Angie Tackett, Steve and Melissa Childers, Jeff and Amy Reekman. A meet and greet for those who have been married approximately 10 years or less and engaged couples is scheduled for January the 13th from 7 to 9 at our house. Please check with the meant to be please check at the meant to be table if you plan on attending for directions. We have also planned a comedy date night for February the 10th in the Oasis Ministry Center. When you RSVP for the comedy date night, please inform us of your need for babysitting. We look forward to assisting you in your pursuit of a thriving marriage. 
Thank you. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Amen. Well, I'm excited about that. Just one more way, as I said, that we will be focusing on healthy ministry to our church. Our ushers are coming to serve you today. And as they do, I would remind you that two things. One, in your pew today, there is the small group catalog. It is there for this semester. I want you to pull that out. Check out the small groups that are available. We encourage you to join a small group. We're trying desperately to enhance the connection and discipleship in our church. This is one of the main ways that that can take place. So we want you to search them out. And there is a, a different kind of small group for everybody. There are Bible studies. There are small group studies. There's all kinds of different electives. Then there's even, for those people who like motorcycles, there's the Holy Rollers small group. They even do devotions, and they have a great time. So you want to be a part of whether it's a, an elective group or it's a group like a community group or if it's part of discipleship, you want to be a part of a small group. Also tonight, I want to remind you again, as Liz already mentioned, our family communion service. This is probably one of the biggest things we do all year long. Most everybody comes and, and is a part of bringing their family, whether your family is one or 10 or 20, however that works. Come tonight for prayer, for anointing and oil and prayer of faith and then communion together with some of our pastors who there will be tables set up all down through our altar. This is a beautiful and wonderful time to just covenant with the Lord for a wonderful year of blessing and favor. And we're praying that you come and that you'll be blessed by it. Today as we give, we're, we're excited about our loose offering. And as we always explain to you and share with you that we give in our morning offering, we teach you to give on a regular basis. We teach you to pay your tithe. We teach you to give in offerings. We also teach you to give in missions. Our loose offering all goes to world missions today. The church practices what it preaches. If we ask you to, to, to give, and if we teach you to give, the church ought to be giving too. None of our money at the eight or the nine o'clock service or the 11 o'clock will stay in house. All the loose offering goes to world missions. And I thank you for the way that you support missionaries literally around the world. We are helping taking care of churches in South America, Eastern and Western Europe, in Africa. We're helping a ministry. We have a full-blown ministry missionary now in Israel that we're supporting. Every gift you give goes to help the missionaries to Israel as well. And we have Alaska. We, we, there's just so many different places that we are helping uh, ministry teams. And so we don't want to just give an offering. We want to meet a need. So as we pray today, I thank you for those who are faithful to pay your tithe. That continues to bless and keep the ministry here at Stratford going strong. And then the offering that keeps the world uh, building for God's kingdom work. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We come humbly. And we thank you that you take care of us. The Lord, we have a roof over our head. And Lord, we're blessed and we have food and we take care of the, the sustenance of our own lives. I pray that you will help us now in taking care of people around the world. I know, Lord, as we give to Romania today, a lot of that goes towards helping to feed thousands or more of the Romanian people on a weekly basis out of the medical care facility we built there in Oridia. I pray that you will bless and touch every gift to continue to bless and touch those families. I pray, God, for the little church in, in South America, in Quito, Ecuador, that we're helping today. 
bless them and let them have a great service where, Lord, there is a mighty outpouring of your spirit. I thank you for the children, the orphanage in Africa that we help to support, the ministry, outreach in Israel. And Lord, the way you're blessing in the Benelux and in Belgium and in France and also in the Netherlands. We thank you for those missionaries that are working hard that we're helping to support. We thank you for the work that's going on in Paraguay that Todd and Rhonda are a part of and God, how you're blessing and touching and opening doors for them. I thank you for this and I ask you to help us today to meet the needs in their lives. May our gifts be multiplied over and over for blessing. And we thank you for the opportunity as we give now in obedience to your word, we know it will be blessed because you have blessed us. In Jesus, your name we pray, amen.
Raise your hands and praise him right now.
I don't care what difficulties or problems or illnesses or finances or marriage or anything else. Keep your eyes focused on him. <laughs> For he is your deliverer. No matter, <laughs> he has taught me to say, it is well.
is well, it is well, my eyes are on you, Lord, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well, for my eyes are on you, it is well. It is well with my
For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Do you realize that when David was writing this song, he had just been betrayed? He had just, man, he had found out his only son, one of his only sons, not his only, one of his sons, Absalom, had betrayed him horribly. He was fear for his life, running, he's sitting down somewhere and he's looking up into the heavens. And these words written by King David, as he said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. He says, and he says in verse 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me out of his holy hill. How many of you know God hears you this morning? He hears you. I laid me down and slept. I waked for the Lord sustained me. He said, I've got, God's got this and I'm going to rest. Oh, there needs to be some rest in the house this morning. If you're not standing, would you stand with us? We're going to read the word of God in just a moment. I laid me down and rested because the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. For the Lord has arisen and saved me. Amen? God is your defense. God is your defense. God is the king. The circumstances you're in right now, God has this. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. God has this. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out for yourself. Trust in God. His ways are not your ways. This was part of the message that came forward in tongues and interpretation at the first service. Trust in him. Watch him move. He says he wants you to grow in him. He wants you to develop that trust in him. You can't work it out yourself. But I guarantee you this, it'll get worked out because God can. God can take care of every need that you have in your life. I want you to turn in your scripture, if you would. I'm going to go right into the message at the 8, at the 9 o'clock. That's going to take a little getting used to. At the 9 o'clock service, I did not get to preach the message that I prepared. I'm going to attempt to do that here. But we'll just see what the Lord has in store. He's here today. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 22 and verse 54. Hello? Hello, I'll take a pepperoni with sausage. <laughs> I want to talk to you this morning about healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. It's, one, it's been one of the greatest epiphanies for me here recently, and I've shared with many of you, I had some medical tests and had some things that were a little scary. And I went in and, you know, the doctor said, bring clothes to, to stay a while at the hospital. We may have to admit you and we're going to go in and do this heart catheterization and you may have to stay and we may have to go and do surgery. And he had me all freaked out, you know. 
and all these this talk and all this stuff going on. And I just remember over and over again, I gave it to the Lord. I just kept giving it to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, we ain't got time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this. <laughs> the last couple of months, it's, it's been something I've been carrying on the side over here. But you know, what I learned through it is I've learned that in number one, the reports came back and, and the, the doctor said, I went in thinking I was going to see a lot worse than I did, but man, he says it looks pretty good. You're, you're much better than I thought, and, and it, it worked out great. And so I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So, But it's, I learned something. The doctor said some things in the middle of the procedure. He said, wow, he says, this looks so much better than I thought. And I was like, thank you, Lord. God goes ahead of us, and God helps us. But there's also a responsibility that we have. Healthy things grow naturally, automatically. In other words, they continue life. And I've learned in, in this that he made it very clear to me. He said, now you can, you can reverse where we are now. You can turn things around, but you've got to do some things. And I've learned that, that Health, health, no matter if it's in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul, or in your body, health is an important thing. I'm not interested in growing a church cram-packed full of people. I, I, I thank God that he's given us the opportunity to reach a lot of people. I'm thankful for the many that are saved throughout the year. I hope you found there's a little extra room in there today because 300 people came to the first service and are making room for more folks to come. We want to do what we can to reach people, not for the number's sake, but for the kingdom's sake. Because healthy things grow. I met somebody one time, Sister McCoy. He said, well, I know you got that big old church over there. She says, you know, we're just fine like we are. We're just fine. We take care of all the bills. We got a good little crowd. We have good time. And I'm like, well, that's awesome, and that's wonderful, and there's nothing wrong with wherever a church is in its growth as long as it's growing. It should be growing. Our spirits, our souls should be growing. Our, our mental capacity should be growing. We should be alive and growing. Amen. We should always. God doesn't create stagnation in the lives of his people and he doesn't want us to stay stuck he wants us to grow I love to grow I, I I took the Christmas tree down and I looked at all my furniture and I was just like I don't want to go back to the same old same old so I put everything in a totally different place I got a brand new house same furniture same building but I walk in and I'm like ooh that chair's over here now. That chair, oh, look at that. Oh, this lamp over here. I, I moved everything around. I like it. Give me a new house. Next time, husbands, next time your wife wants, to, wants you to get her a new house, just tell her to move furniture. <laughs> change is good. Growing and changing. And these things are, are, are progressive. The things that God is doing inside of us that, God's always wanting to build. God's always edifying. He's always lifting up. God's always doing positive, good things. 
we got to go back a lot of times to the basics. We're talking about this, this next few weeks with prayer and Bible reading, fasting, serving. These are things we get back to the basics. We get back on track. And we're going to talk about uh, a gentleman who, who loved God, but, man, he wrestled with the carnal nature and the spirit man inside of him. He wrestled back and forth with this. And this is where I find a lot of people are. We spend a lot of our energies and time wrestling back and forth between the spirit man and the flesh. All of us are fighting that all the time. You would be surprised to find out how much of your confusion, how much of the struggle and the wrestling match that's going on in your life and in your mind is all due to the fact that there's this war going on between the spirit man and the fleshly man. And as we're positioning ourselves for what God is going to do through these next several weeks, healthy things grow, we've got to first get back on track and position ourselves in a place where God can grow us. Where God can grow us. I, took a, I went to the store and bought me a sweet potato. Because one of the prettiest plants I think there is in the whole world is a big old bushy sweet potato plant. So I put the thing in a mason jar with water. And for a couple of weeks I've been watching it. And I'm so excited. That thing, you know, if you set that up on the counter, it'll just rot and go to nothing. You have to throw it away. But if you put that thing in the right environment, come on, preach with me. You put that thing in the right environment. Now the whole bottom of that jar, Sister Carpenter, it, it's just got all kinds of white little roots everywhere. And down on the sides, there's some stuff coming out the side, and it's shooting up where I've got it underneath my rapture ramp. See, I have a rapture ramp at my house. You, you have a skylight at your house? Mine's right in my kitchen, and I call it my rapture ramp. <laughs> the Lord knows in the bit of the trumpet, I am going to go right out that window. So there's my little sweet potato plant right there. And it's, it's getting pretty, Mimi. It's getting pretty. Little plants are starting to grow, and it's healthy things grow. Put that thing in the right environment, and it begins to, it just automatically grows. It was at the grocery store a couple of weeks ago wanting to be eaten for dinner, but I got a shock for it. I put it in the right environment, and it starts to grow. You and I are going to put ourselves in the right place. We're going to position ourselves for what God is going to do. I'm believing this is going to be one of the greatest years we have ever seen in 100 years of the history of this church. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And that he's getting ready to come for his church. And we ought to be at our very best when he comes. Do I get an amen out of that? Amen. So let's talk about this wrestling match between the spirit and the flesh. Goodness gracious. I got very little time. I thought changing the time would give me more time. Okay, here we go. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a servant, certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I did not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Hey, you also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour had passed, another confident, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, 
how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Father, touch us this morning and challenge us in the next few minutes by your word that we will position ourselves for the reigning rule of the spirit man. And Lord, the crushing of the carnal nature as we crucify ourselves in, with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. This was probably the turning point. Many people would look at what's happening with Peter right here and they would think that is no doubt the worst possible condition, crisis, situation in Peter's life. And physically, for the carnal man, it was. It was a bad place. It was the worst place. That's probably the worst sin that there can possibly be on the earth right there. And you're watching it. There's Peter stuck right in that terrible sin. But it also was one of the very best places he could possibly be because that was the place, it was the turning point for him. The carnal nature was going to be destroyed in that moment and the spirit man was going to rise up in victory. And this is what I hope we all end up having some kind of an event, a place like this that takes place in our hearts. For him it was a crisis to be sure, but growth in Christ was coming. He had been training, he had been with the Lord for three years, and so far in his attempts to grow and be strong and to do the right thing, Peter, who was still this rambunctious, bold kind of guy who just kept going and, and was known to say too much and do too much and to not back up and not be, you know, he wasn't careful enough. Peter was just bold in many ways, and, and here he is. At this place where his training and all the time he'd been with Christ had worked to bring him to a place where he denied Christ. Even swearing an oath. I don't know him. Now, you've been with Jesus for three years and you've been growing. You love the Lord. There's no doubt that we know that Peter loved the Lord. You say, well, he just must not have been right with God. He, no, he, was, he, he knew the Lord. He knew who he was. You remember Jesus sitting at the fire, and there's the disciples, and Jesus looks at him and says, what, who do men say that I am? And the, the disciples said, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're another prophet, others say this and that. And, and Jesus said, but whom do you say that I am? And right about that time, Peter jumps up, looks at him with an anointing, I believe anointed of the Holy Ghost in a very Pentecostal fashion. I believe he stood up and said, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. One of my favorite lines to preach. I love it in the middle of a good Sunday service when a preacher can get up and say, Thou art the Christ. They want to lean over real good. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And in that moment, I'm sure it sent chill bumps all through all the other disciples. And Jesus smiled, looked at him, and said, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And this truth is what I'm going to build my church on. And my church, the very gates of hell, will not prevail against her. He was in knowledge. He had the knowledge and he had the relationship with Jesus. He loved the Lord. The trouble is he trusted too much in himself. Oh, that's a good line, isn't it? When one person say amen. Trent, say amen. Thank you, sir. He loved Jesus. 
But like so many other Christians, listen up, young people. This is important today. He loved Jesus. But he trusted in himself. Big mistake. Big mistake. My favorite scripture in all the Bible, one of my very favorites, is found in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul, writing with a great knowledge, having come through some battles, said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That I just gave you the true key to life, living victorious for Christ. The denial of self, the surrender of self. There is so much self in the church today. There is so much egoism. There is so much self-confidence. There is so much self-awareness. There's so much selfishness, so much selfish agenda. It is unbelievable where we've come in the last days that we're living. Most, most of the Christian world today is centered on, they're wrestling, and they don't even realize they're wrestling with the spirit against the flesh, the carnal against the spirit man. I used to love, man, Carlene Bailey. If you knew Carlene, she was a powerhouse of a teacher and a preacher. She was a wonderful lady of God. She went on to be with the Lord several years ago. But she used to have a message. If I remembered her for any one message, it was this. She preached about the good dog and the bad dog. She said, man, inside every one of us, there's a good dog and a bad dog. She said, that, that fleshly uh, nature, that part of you, that's the bad dog. That spiritual part of you, the spiritual man in you, that's the good dog. She said, and you've got to remember that every day when you wake up, you're feeding one or the other. And whichever one you feed, that's the one that's going to get strong. That's the one that's going to lead. That's the one that's going to be in charge of your life. And the other one is going to fade away and die. If you're feeding one, the other one is dying. It isn't just hiding in the doghouse. It is literally dying. And you've got to understand what you're doing in that situation. You and I must feed the spirit, the good dog, in us every single day. We understand Jesus' prayer when he looked at the disciples and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus looked at him and said, Our Father, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. you got to have fresh, godly manna to your spirit, to your heart. Every single day. You can't go a couple of days. You'll starve to death. And the fleshly dog will take over. You wonder why you find yourself questioning faith. You wonder why you find yourself questioning your theology. You want to know why you're questioning all the things that God doesn't want. I mean, God does not want us scrambling around in a bunch of confusion the rest of our Christian life. He wants it to be settled on the rock. Christ Jesus moving forward for the power of God to work in our lives. He wants us settled all issues, and, and we've all got to get there. It's a journey, Carla. It's a journey for us. But then you've got to get there. But you've got to understand that while you're doing that wrestling match, remember that the, the bad dog inside of us, that fleshly, carnal nature, man, it is trying its best to take over. It's trying its best to, to feed your mind full of lies and all kinds of garbage so that you don't know what you think or you don't know what to stand on. The next thing you know, you have found yourself completely falling off the side of the road and you're laying in a fleshly pit. 
You can't even find your way back to God. But thank God for his love and mercy that reaches us wherever we are. Thank God for his love. Thank God for Peter. He gives us the example. I mean, he was, I mean, this is the same guy who cut the soldier's ear off. This is the guy who's looking at Jesus, and Jesus is sharing, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to raise up on the third day. And, and Peter's like, no, you're not. Lord, no one's going, are you kidding me? There ain't nobody going to touch you. You're not going to die. You're not going to be crucified. Lord, I'll, I'll not, do, I'll, no way. I won't let it happen. I'll stand in the way. I'll kill them if they try to touch you. Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. He said, you mind the things of the flesh. You don't mind the things of God. There was a sacrifice that needed to happen, and Peter didn't get that. I mean, this is the same Peter who'd been with him, and so we understand Peter just wasn't connecting with a lot that he should have been. That's how he ended up at the campfire. That's how he ended up down there next to that girl that scared him to death. I mean, we see how really weak he was in the flesh. But Peter's standing there by the fire, and he's warming his hands, and a little girl's able to scare him to death. No, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know who he is. I'm not one of his. I don't know him. And then, on the last time, it says, it's Christ, who knows all things looked through the crowd, caught his eye. And Peter's, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. He catches the eyes of the Savior. And just one look, that's all it took. Whew. I hope that's the way it is with you. Just one look. Well, that speaks a lot about it. Peter loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. All Jesus had to do was look at him. And through that crowd, he caught his eye, Jonah. And when Peter looked at him and he saw him, he knew then it all came crashing down. In that moment, Peter died. The flesh in Peter died. The bad dog laid down and the spirit man was made alive. And it says he went out and he wept bitterly. Praise God. He went out and found repentance. He went out and he, instead of turning away, we know Judas turned away, right? And his story didn't end so well. But Peter turned when he found him a place. And he wept bitterly and humbly broke himself before God. And in that repenting, that's all God wants from us. It's just our heart. He didn't make him sign any new contracts, a new covenant. Didn't make him give anything. No blood was necessary. He just wept. And then you run ahead a little bit and you see Jesus risen from the dead just as he promised, looking at Mary, saying, go and tell my disciples and Peter. It's one of those beautiful words in the scripture. Peter, who'd been crying, no doubt, had been a mess for days. Can you imagine? He turned from that fire. He saw his Savior's eyes. He knew what he had done. And he turned and he ran out and he found a place to be bitter 
weep, to weep bitterly before the Lord. And there in his brokenness, he had to go through Friday night, all night. You know he didn't sleep. He didn't lay his head on a pillow, not one bit. He didn't go eat. He didn't, they called him for supper. He didn't want nothing to eat. You know he didn't. And he suffered the torment that guy went through from Friday, all day Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. You know, how many times did you guys, have you heard anything? Has anybody been by the tomb? Is, is the rock still there? Is he, has he come out? Is, is, he, is he alive? Have we heard anything? And they're like, no, Peter, we haven't heard anything. And he's just pacing back and forth. Can you imagine the torment that he went through those three days? And then Sunday morning, the sun rose up. Mary comes running in. Guys, guys, you won't believe it. He's alive. He's, oh, Peter, Peter, he said to tell you especially. Peter was fully. He had his own camp meeting right there. He just turned to the wall. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see oh in that moment you know the power of God hit him he was ready he was ready for the upper room he was ready for Pentecost he was ready for whatever the Lord had for him in that moment that weeping that giving himself to God you want to know where your answers are you want to know what the answers to life is all about get on your knees somewhere and get a hold of the truth of God and let him change your heart you won't have a doubt you won't have a question you won't worry about anything the enemy puts in your path we have a fantastic group of young people. I love you with all my heart, but I want to tell you something. I'm challenging you. Get on your face and find the God of the Bible. He is real, and he is powerful, and he's got a work and a destiny for each one of you. And if you will get past all of the crud of the flesh, and you will seek out the spirit man inside you, Travis, I promise you, you will have an encounter and an experience that will change your life. I've yet to meet one person in my lifetime who has ever sought God with a sincerity of heart, who has not found him, and it changed their whole life. I haven't met one yet. I've met lots of people who play. I've met lots of people who, who lean on the flesh. I've met lots of people who rest on their own mind. They don't, they don't get there. But the one Spence that will fall on their face, look up to the heavens, and trust in the God who has kept them and given them life and is reaching out to them, that God, boy, he changes you. Peter was changed. From that very moment, he was completely transformed. I was that guy. Man, I'm not going to go back to her arena today, but I am going to tell you. I'm going to tell you I discovered it. I thought I was smarty pants. Man, I thought I knew everything. My mama, I told her, you know, all kinds of stuff about what I was going to believe now and how I was going to believe. And I, I, I would give her the big lecture. And it wasn't until I finally got past myself and I got me out of the way that I found myself on my face crying with tears, dripping down my face, looking up to heaven. And he saved me, sanctified me, filled me with his Holy Ghost. And the power of the Lord changed my life forever. And I have never been the same. And I'll tell you this. 
this. I've come too far to go back now. I'm not about to turn around and go back that way. The flesh has no power for me that I desire. I want to live for God with everything I've got in me. I want to give him every day, every minute, every hour. Don't want to waste my time on the world. They don't have anything I need. I'm watching all Hollywood as they're grumbling and complaining. I'm watching all the scientists and all the world and all the anchors on television. And I'm sitting back and I'm saying, they don't have any answers I need today. I still find my answers in the black back holy Bible. This is where every answer lies for you and I. I know I get wound up. But that's all right. I saw somebody on TV the other day with their, pa their chest completely painted like a tiger. And they had some orange hair on their head. And they were screaming and jumping up and down over a football. I can do it over a king. I can do it over the Lord if I want to. Hallelujah. Tell me I'm crazy. I am. I'm, I'm a lunatic. But I'm a smart one. Because I've found out, Josh, I know, where, I know where my strength comes from. I know where the power is. I know what turned the lights on this morning when I woke up. I know where the lights will go off tonight. I know what gives me the breath in my body. I know what has formed me and fashioned me after his own image and given me a heart to desire and to seek after his face and his will. I know it, I know it, and I'm so thankful. You have to position yourself in a place where you can get victory over the flesh. Here is Peter. He's there. He's wept bitterly. And he's done. He's done with all the questions. He's done with all the garbage. He's done with all those things that have terrorized his mind and kept him weak in the faith. He don't want to be weak anymore. He wants to go back to that boy that stood up by the fire. Thou art the Christ. He wants to go back to that. He wants to get strong. And he does, man. By the time he gets to Pentecost and the Holy Ghost falls on him in that upper room, he is a powerhouse, man. He gets down and he gets into town and he jumps up on top of a rock and you can, got, you can get it for yourself. Go to the scripture and Acts and read the message that he preached. Man, it was a powerful message. One of the greatest messages you'll ever read. It was a beautiful message and thousands of people came to Jesus. And it says many thousands more came to the Lord every day such as should be saved. He turned, in, he turned from a weakling. He turned from, a, from somebody who was a little spastic. He turned from somebody who was a little dangerous with the mouth. He turned into somebody that had an anointing. And God used him to perform and do great things for the kingdom. God is waiting to raise up another Peter in this house right now. If you'll just lay down the flesh and start seeking after the spirit man. Feed the good dog. Feed the good dog inside you. Let God raise you up and strengthen you and make you a powerhouse for him. Will you go back and read 1 Peter? You start to read the words of Peter, and you see, man, he's a totally different person. He's not that same person anymore. He's a man of God. He says, oh, I have learned that through suffering I come into intimacy with Christ. I've learned not to follow the flesh. He said the flesh is like the grass that withers away, but the Spirit of God, that is the power that will lead you into the glory of God. Whew, that's good. Peter. He learned what you and I need to learn this morning. And oh, I've got so much more. I've got 24 pages typed. Stand up. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit 
the things of the Spirit. Now listen, listen. For to be carnally minded. Carnally minded. Carnal is a Latin word for flesh. For to be carnally minded. I got it all figured out. I'm super cool. I got it down. You can't tell me anything, preacher. For to be carnally minded is death. So good luck with that. Good luck with trusting in the carnal nature. Good luck with trusting in the flesh. Good luck. I hope the leprechauns shine on you with four-leaf clovers. But to be spiritually minded is life. It's life. It says life and peace. How many of you need some peace this morning? To be spiritually minded. That's what all these four weeks is about. It's about positioning ourselves, getting a hold of a truth that will set us free and make us full of the peace and the love and the life of God. Putting away that flesh, denying the flesh, for it is, I am crucified with Christ, for it is not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. That truth right there will set you free. set you free it's the answer to every problem it's the answer to the politics it's the answer to Washington it's the answer to the doctor it's the answer to everything it's the answer to your marriage it's the answer we're starting revival with you or without you so I hope you're ready to join us we're going to see a great move of God we're going to see people come to Jesus. We're going to see healing. I'm believing we're going to see all kinds of amazing, wonderful things in the Spirit of God, Tony. I'm believing the Lord to touch you head to foot so you won't have to wear that or use that cane anymore. I'm looking for a miracle for you. I can't do it. I can't heal you, but he can. And he's a powerful God. He's a mighty God. We have faith and confidence, not in a church, not in a preacher. That's where we get wrong. We get all messed up. We start following after the flesh. When I'm thinking about the Spirit, when I'm thinking about the Holy Ghost and the power of God, nothing shall be impossible. All things. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is the Lord speaking to your heart this morning on this first launch day of our two new services? Are you here today and you need Jesus Christ? Do you need Him in your life? Have you made a commitment? Have you made a covenant with him? Are you still living to the flesh, living in the flesh? Are you given over to the flesh? Have you ever accepted Christ into your life? That's the first question. If you need Jesus in your heart and in your life, just shoot your hand up right now and right back down. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I need Jesus, Pastor. These hands are going up. Is there anyone else? God bless you, sir. Hands going up to receive the Lord. I'm going to start that journey of the Spirit, man. I'm going to start feeding the good dog in my life. Starting right now. Starting this morning. Bad dog is going down. Anyone else? There's several hands have went up. I'm on the, There you go. God bless you. 
Anyone else? I need Jesus today. I know the peace speaker. Oh, I know him by name. Oh, I know the peace speaker. Listen to this. He controls the winds and Is there anyone else? One last opportunity. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Anyone else? God bless you. All right. Let's pray right now. If you raised your hand just a moment ago, we're going to turn this whole sanctuary into a prayer chapel right now for you. An altar made right out of your seat. We're going we're gonna to pray to the Lord. Now, it's not a formula. It's not instant little words that are magic. It's just from your heart, we're helping you get to heaven. Jesus says if a man or a woman will believe in their heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross and was risen again, if you believe that he's the Savior, that he bought your salvation with that sacrifice, and you confess that with your mouth that you're saved, Jesus did all the hard work. He just wants your heart. And if you're ready to give him your heart today, and you lifted your hand a moment ago, you're ready to do this, then let's pray. We're going to turn this into a beautiful celebration in just a moment. Let's pray together. Church, let's all pray with them. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I know you're the Son of God. You died on the cross, rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I receive you into my life. Forgive me of every sin. Be the Lord of my life. And according to your precious word, by this confession, by repentance in my heart, I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And now, and now I, wanna, I, wanna, I want all of our pastors, if they would, to come, our ministers, if you'd come into the altar area, please. If you'd like special prayer today, I want you to feel that you can get out right now. Make your way to the front. They'll agree with you, pray, anoint you with oil, and pray a prayer of faith for you. I want you to feel like you can come for special prayer. But I want us to, as a church to pray right now. Would you reach over and take someone by the hand? Someone who's right there by you, just someone you can pray with, make a connection with. We're going to pray for us. I know you are fighting the flesh. Don't tell me you're not. You, date, you aren't walking on water this morning. You have not arrived. You are not super spiritual and holier than thou. You are just like everyone else, and you are fighting every day. The flesh, the spirit wants to have complete reign and control of your life, but there is that part of you that fights that every day. Every one of you got that. Don't act like you don't. We're going to pray right now that we conquer, we crucify that flesh, and the spirit man reigns and rules so that we can move forward in the next few weeks to a growth, a healthy growth that'll make us 
shine like lights in the sky for Jesus. Let's pray right now together. Pray for one another. Father, we come to you. We're believing right now that you touch every one of us. Position us, Lord, in your presence and your power. Touch our lives. Empower us, God, to conquer the flesh, to conquer those things that would attack our mind, our own thinking, Lord, that gets in the way, our own fleshly desires that tend to control us. Lord, we've been feeding sometimes the bad dog too much in our lives. Help us, Lord, to feed the spirit man, to feed the spirit in our lives so that we become strong and that fleshly part of us dies. Lord, Paul said, I crucify the flesh every single day. God, help us to do that this morning as we position ourselves into a place where you can empower us to live for you and we praise you and thank you for it all. That strength comes through the power of Christ and the precious Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said Amen together. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I know there's a volunteer meeting right after service. Nicole, uh, Nicole, Nicole Locke is going to have that meeting. Where's, Nicole, there you are. Where is the meeting at? In the conference room, right behind the lobby where the old nursery was. Please go there, all volunteers. Yes, anyone that's interested in volunteering here in the church, if you uh, heard the pastor say earlier, attend one, serve one. If you want to find a place you're interested, you can go meet with Nicole, and uh, she will get you set on the right track. Also, we want to remind you again for the uh, communion service. It starts at 5, it goes to 7.30, but you can come anytime in between those two points, and uh, feel free to come in at 6, 6.30, whenever you would like, and we will be here to pray with you and pray over your year and your family. God bless you all. Have a wonderful afternoon.